Hi, back with you in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance, go with the home team. They are your home team, your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent. That's your hometown heroes right there, all 82 counties in Mississippi. Coming to your comments on the Murray West live thread. And then uh, back over to the text line in short order. Uh, Sven comments on YouTube, says, Dart or Rogers, give me will all day long. Uh, somebody on YouTube called How About That says, question, what do you think about the Pac-12 referees walking up to the end zone and looking at the Arizona quarterback on the ground and signaling touchdown when the ball was three yards back in a state player's hand? Well, you know, they, on the call, they said, cross the plane of the goal line before fumbling. And then, of course, they reviewed it, too. Well, the reviews, you know, just everybody's in a big pile up there, so it didn't show anything clearly. I'm going to be honest with you. I had no problem with those officials uh, or the job they did. I thought they did a good job. really did. You know, I questioned the first out-of-bounds hit they called. It was against uh, Esaias Furge, and I thought it was a little ticky-tack. It wasn't really out-of-bounds yet, but, you know, it was right on the sideline. But they got them for one of those later, too, that it was a deal where the guys barreling into Tulu Griffin way up the field and it's kind of like already airborne. He couldn't really hold up. They got him later. But I thought they did a good job. And the call at the end, they got it right. You know, the replay clearly showed that he had the ball in the right arm. The left elbow goes down, so the ball was short of the yard line. And... I thought that Pac-12 officiating crew did a really good job in the game, actually. I really do. Um, on the Murray West live thread on YouTube, JS290 comments and says, Arnett mentioned Will Rogers called the run plays for various reasons, like short field, defensive reads. Uh, he says, don't need to give LSU a lot of tape this week. Well, see, I just don't, I don't believe that. Yes, in week one, J.S., there was, in week one, against Southeastern Louisiana. By the way, Southeastern Louisiana lost this past week. Kind of got whipped by South Alabama. Um, there was an element of vanilla, and they just didn't do very many variations of what they can do in their, their personnel and their formations. They did a little bit, but not much. Pretty vanilla. But that wasn't the deal this week. Um you know, this is a game against an opponent they very much respected and who's got some NFL players on both sides of the ball. And so they there's no room for holding stuff back. I just don't believe it was a hold it back situation for them. Maybe maybe wrong, but I, I, I don't believe that. Like I, I told a friend of mine this weekend who texted that to me and said, you know, if they were withholding stuff to try to hide it from LSU. It was a mistake because it almost got them beat is the way I would look at it. Fletcher on the Country Pleasing text line. Country Pleasing Sausage on grocery store shelves all around the southeast. I finished up the holly and pina and cheddar this morning. I got to go get some more. Uh, Fletcher says, do you think Arizona was the ninth best team on our schedule? 
A couple of other Mississippi State podcasters seem to think so. Fletcher says, I don't agree. Well, you know, uh, yeah, I don't think so. Um, I know they're not the ninth best passing offense you're going to face. I know that. <laughs> they had the number, was it number five or number six best passing offense in the entire country last year at uh, Arizona. And they have a, you know, one of the more highly recruited kids in the country at receiver um, at that particular position. I think it's McMillan, was that his name? You know, they got some, you know, they can throw the football, and they did it last year at a very high level. So I know they're not the ninth best passing offense you're going to face. Uh, I, I know they are not the ninth best defense you're going to face. They're a little better than that, too. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess I would say at the end of the day, who cares? What does it matter? Because you beat them. Uh, Bama fan, Texas, shown says, roll tide. Saban will get it fixed. Texas had a good game plan. I am looking forward to getting a chance to sit down and watch that game all over again. The numbers, the stats, sort of tell it a little bit. You had some turnovers, right? Remember when Chris Stewart from the Alabama Radio Network was on last week, and and I asked him the question, okay, if we see an Alabama loss, what do you think we're going to be talking about afterwards as the culprit of why they would lose this game? Listen to his answer. Right. I, I think for Alabama to lose, they would have had to help Texas. Now, I think Texas is good enough. You don't have to help them a lot. Yeah. But if you turn the football over, whether that's, you know, tip pass, drop pass, fumble by running back, um, but certainly with people still wanting to to see Jalen Milrow prove it more than one weekend against MTSU, um, if he is responsible for those turnovers. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just there was. He turned it over twice. Texas never turned it over. So Texas wins the turnover battle. Milrow threw two interceptions. They did have some drop passes. Ten-point loss at home. I thought Chris really nailed it. Um. C Dove says, "Do you think that Arnett would be ready to coach someone else's SEC program if it hadn't happened like it did for him in Starkville?" Well, you know, I, I my opinion, I said it then. I actually said it before all that stuff happened, before Coach Leach passed. I mean, Arnett was going to be somebody's young head coach somewhere soon. Now, you know, SEC not likely, you know, but somewhere, yeah. He was going to be somebody's young head coach soon. That's just the trajectory he was on. Everybody kind of knew that. But you said SEC, probably not likely in the SEC. Um, Somebody said, what a difference a year makes. Last year, everyone wanted Mississippi State to run the ball. All season long, people whined about not running the ball more. (laughs) This year, everyone is wanting us to throw the ball. Just an observation. Yeah, I know, isn't it? Um. And we'll see how the whole year goes. It, it's the week to week things can really look different and seem different when you're making a transition and something's new. It's just it, it's hard for me to believe that that second game out of the gates, the plan was for Will to throw it that little. It's just that's not it. And then they only ran fifty six plays and. Right, so sometimes what we see happening in a game isn't necessarily what was planned. 
And I think we have to remember that. Robert from Tennessee sent us a text, and he said, Matt, watching Jet and Watson continue to impact just about every game they play in makes me recall how many linebackers over the years we've had that seem to be undervalued by so many people. Very thankful our coaches over the years have known how to evaluate and develop talent. Yeah, Jet from Tupelo and uh, Nathaniel Watson from Maplesville, Alabama. That's uh, the town that my mother is from, where she grew up, went to school, and her brothers and sisters and her mom and her dad, so my grandparents from there, from Maplesville. Uh, when I was a kid, my, my granddad was actually the mayor of Maplesville, Alabama. That's where uh, Bookie Watson is from. Maplesville, for those that don't know, is on Highway 82 in Alabama on the other side of Tuscaloosa. So, like, if you were to go to, if you were to go to, like, if you're if you're in Starkville and you get on Highway 82 and just take it east all the way to Tuscaloosa and just stay on it through Tuscaloosa and keep going, then a little ways on the other side of Tuscaloosa, you run into Maplesville. It's in Chilton County where the peaches come from. And you don't even have to see the Chilton County sign. You get it close to Maplesville, you start seeing uh, peach trees and peach orchards all along the side of the road as you get into close to Maplesville. State grad 98 on the country-pleasing text line says, Mike Wright had zero rushes and was taken out of the game on third and short. That's just a disappointment to me as only throwing 17 times. He said Barbe said that he was going to get his playmakers the ball, so why not let him run it some? Yeah, I mean, that I would say that was a surprise to me too. Uh, I'm with you there. I don't you know, know every reason, every thought that goes into every decision, but I, I'm there with you. You know, I certainly walked away from the stadium on Saturday night, kind of one of those, whew, and then go, man, Will only threw it 17 times. He got 17 passes off. And at least two of those were screen passes. There might have been another one in there. And then, yeah, Wright was just, he did nothing. <laughs> Wasn't used a whole lot and did nothing when he was in there. And they really pressured him. They did. They had a, you know, if we go back and study the film, I think I could show you that Arizona definitely had a plan for when Mike Wright came in the game and how they were going to defend it going, hey, look, it's obvious they don't want to throw the ball with him, so that will give him the throw. What we will not give him is any lane to run in. We're going to give him a read to give the ball so he doesn't get to keep it, and if he does happen to pull it and keep it, we're going to have people on edges and not worried about the pass. And that's kind of how they played it while he was in there. All right. Man, I love seeing this. It's just one hour in the books. I got another... Hours worth of material waiting on me from you, Jason, and Beer Slayer, and Anthony, and Bama Fan, and More Bully, and Paul, and Andre, and Keith, and Aaron, and Jimmy, and Debbie, and Chuck, and all y'all. Coming up, start hour number two in the Bureau. Stick around. Coming to you direct and live. Nice, Smokey and the Bandit. 
We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Thank goodness we got a little time here, an hour left with you today on this Reaction Monday. So get your comments in on the Murray West live thread and the Country Pleasing text line, the Divinity Equipment phone line. Love to hear from you. So hit me up however you can. Welcome in. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. So Reaction Monday, I'm going to get in more of your reaction, and then I'll react to it. So comment, call, text, however. Let's hit the text line first. Kenny, don't call me Ken, says on the country-pleasing text line. He says, fact. I was one for one for 10 yards in the junction Saturday on a slant pass to an unnamed kid. <laughs> That's right. Hey, 100%. Uh, Real C text the show. What up? My man, Real C, says the MSU offense. He said, I'd like to believe being reserved, er, uh, yeah, so conservative early to not show the full hand. He said, a dangerous approach considering it could have easily cost uh, the game. Optimistic moving forward, ready to see the players play. That's from Real C. Yeah. So he thinks maybe they were holding some stuff back. You know, I don't know that I fall in that category of believing that there was an intentional deal of withholding things just to keep someone from seeing it. Like if you got to, you're in a tie ball game against a Power Five in Week 2 non-conference on national TV. <laughs> And it's a tie game in the fourth quarter. You got something you think will work, you use it. And I think they would have. But <clears throat> maybe there's some things that you can do that was not a part of the game plan. Maybe some things you can do that you didn't work on during the week, therefore you didn't use it in the game, that you could work on it this week and use it during the game. So I think maybe both things are true at the same time. On the Murray West live thread, murraywest.com, Contract embroidery, custom apparel since 1996, right here in Mississippi, a great Mississippi company. That's M-U-R-R-Y West.com, MurrayWest.com. If you don't follow them on Instagram, do so. It's at Murray West Official. Rich says, MSU's defense is legit. He says, number seven on offense is a stud. Then he says, Rodgers needs at least 25 throws per game. He's going to get bored handing the ball off. <laughs> I mean, you know, so here's the thing about it compared to what we're used to. In the season opener, Rich, he threw it 29 times, and it felt like a few. It felt like just a few, <laughs> okay? And he threw it 29 times in a game. We're just not used to seeing it, right, because we've been in the air raid for three years. But 25-29 seems like about the right ratio and if you were to just look at the overall numbers, okay, so State ran it, well, they ran 56 offensive plays. That's not many at all. Short field, that whole deal. 39 running plays. Now, two of those would have been Will Rogers' sacks. They, they mark them down as run plays. So let's say 37 plays called as runs versus 19 called as passes. When we say call, that's what happened. They tried to run a pass. And, again, we can debate how many times the quarterback checks to the run, if that's what they're giving you and those kinds of things. And that's that's very well could be part of it. But it does seem that that ratio is going to have to even out a little bit 
unless, and I, I said this on the recap, which is on the YouTube channel right now, unless you have a game where you're gashing somebody with the, your run game, like they, they can't stop it, right? And so you're continuing to go to the well because they can't stop you. you. Your run game, you're just blocking them. You look up at the end of the day, you got nearly 40 carries, but it and, and you only have 15 or 20 throws, but those 15 or 20, because of the effectiveness of your run game, produces these big throws down the field for home run type plays because they're trying to defend your run. That's a ratio that makes sense. It's very successful. Well, I mean, Woody Marks was really good. And he was in the game the most, and he ran it 24 times for 123 yards. That's five yards and you know per run. That's really good. But it's like one guy, and Marks has 123 yards of 145. If you take away the sack yardage, which they you had 160 that added up. But see, there were negative rushes in there too. Um, Griffin got caught for a loss. That was on a play when Mike Wright was in there. And I'm not certain that after the fake, it wasn't a deal where Wright's going to roll to his left and maybe shovel past that thing underneath to, to Tulu. But what happens when he rolled to his left, they immediately hit him. Boom, spun him around. So Tulu had nowhere to go. Tulu just kept running around behind him, and he just flipped it to him. So then they caught him for a loss. So... Marks had 123. Your second leading rusher was Davis with 34. Price with eight. Pittman with four. So, yeah, I you know, I just think that the ratio is off a little bit. They probably, you know, realize it. But the thing about it is, I nor anyone else should have come away from the game extremely negative. Uh, which I was a little negative, not extreme, but some were extreme. And you win the game, man. And that's a very improved team. And they do. They legit have NFL players on both sides of the ball. Um, and, and it's an improved football team. And they've also, Arizona showed me that they have the right kind of heart uh, in, in them to have that game start the way it did on the road and to fight back in it and not let it snowball any further. Pretty doggone impressed with that. Denzel, Texas show, and he goes, what's more surprising? Judkins only having 108 rushing yards through two games or Will only having 389 passing yards through two games. I would say for me the Judkins number because, yeah, what what do you have in that game Saturday? Judkins had 48 yards rushing. He ran the ball 18 times against Tulane who I thought was a little undersized. Now, they maybe they are great, and they sure look great, <laughs> holding Ole Miss to 89 yards rushing. That's like what State did to him in the Egg Bowl. But, I mean, against Tulane, Judkin goes out there, Judkins, excuse me, and has two. he averages 2.7 yards per carry. Listen, Well, I just say it like it is. If the rumors are true, you can't be paying an SEC running back what they're paying him if the rumors are true and then go out and block for him in such a way as for him to run for 48 yards against Tulane. You can't do that. Well, you can do it. But as my friend Pete from Old Brother Where Art Thou would say, that don't make no sense. <laughs> I mean, I can't figure it out.
All right, over to the phone line, Divini Equipment phone line. Divini Equipment, your Kubota dealer in Madison and in Jackson. They're the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., in fact, means that Divini has been doing it better longer than anyone else right here at home at Divini. On line one, Winslow, thanks for calling. What's up? Matt, you know, I was I was walking out of the stadium Saturday night, and I had this deja vu feeling, and I thought back to a game many years ago, and this is going to be real familiar to you because you had a pretty large role in it. 1997 against UCF, but playing Dante Culpepper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That, that game Saturday was like that. You had a quarterback who could run it or throw it to the house every single time, and mm-hmm. you're just walking out of there exhaling, you know, glad that you just got a win over, over you know, a player like that. Yeah. That's, you know, I remember that very well. It was a, now that was a game that our team, that year, '97, we played really well against UCF. Like we had a pretty good offensive day, but we ran it through it pretty well. Defensively, we played well that day. It's just he was very good, and I I, I remember this Winslow watching him. I didn't get to watch him in warmups because I was warming up on the other end. But while their offense was on the field, Dante Culpepper he'd throw the ball, he'd throw a pass or two, you know, and the ball would whistle. Like the football would make a noise <laughs> when he threw yeah. it. And he, he would throw it, and it was like, I'm going, man, when he throws it, the ball has twice as many RPMs on it as when I throw it. It's like he just spun the ball so perfectly. It was beautiful. Yeah. I just know I hadn't seen a quarterback on that field, and I've seen a lot of games there. But I haven't, since then, I had not, until Saturday, I hadn't seen a quarterback who just scared the heck out of me every single play. Yeah. And, you know, watching him run around and he, you know, he retreats back on that last play to around the 40 or something, you know, and he winds up at the 15 and, or I guess the 15 and a quarter, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. Just shy of it. Man, that was an unbelievable play. And you know what, Winslow? My dad said the same thing to me. After the game, my dad said, you know, Watching that kid play, he said, I know he threw a bunch of picks, but like you're watching him, and he said, I had the feeling that he could play for a a whole lot of teams in the country and would scare you to death playing for them too, like wherever he goes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not going to get into the play calling or anything, but if I remember watching the – I watched the second half of LSU and Florida State and – yeah, I've never coached or played a single game of college football, but it looked like that LSU was most vulnerable in the secondary to the pass. And mm-hmm. so got a feeling that, that, you know, if I saw that, the coaches saw that, and they're going to play in accordingly. Okay, good deal. Good deal. Winslow, it's great to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. You know, that's it. Look, the kid, uh, Delara, he is like uh, impossible to tackle for the first guy there. It's <laughs> like the first guy, it is impossible to tackle him. You got to get there with two or three and make him slide. It's about what you had to do. Uh, he he was he's something else. They're going to beat some people this year. I really believe that. Um, let me let me kind of go fast through some comments. So if you sent me one and I don't dwell on it, uh, please forgive me. But I, I want to get to as many as I can here. Um, Blaine from Kosciuszko says. Georgia, I think he's talking about Georgia. 
Are you talking about the Georgia dogs or the Mississippi State dogs? Yeah, he said, I think he's talking about Georgia. Seems to be off. Does it look like they can win it all again? How possible is it that there is a championship without an SEC East team? Well, I mean, absolutely they can win it again. They're going to be fine. You know, sometimes new guys, new team, it has to has to gel a little bit. But they're so uber-talented. Yeah, I mean, they, they can. It's just a matter of does it come together. J.C. Texas show says, Matt, State has to get Thomas and Robinson the ball to have a chance in the SEC. It can't be all Tulu. Also, why no throws to the tight end? Talent issue or defense, defense is taking it away schematically? I don't know that State has tried any throws in the middle of the field other than a slant route week one to um, the running back or the go ball up top that they missed it on a post. Yeah, they've not targeted tight ends with a throw. And maybe that's a spivey thing, him not being in there. Junior 49 says, Matt, is that the worst game you've ever seen called? No, not by a long shot. Not by a long shot. <laughs> Been watching a long time. Res Dog says, we need to stop worrying about throwing the ball deep unless the receiver's open like nobody anywhere close because Will, he says, Res Dog says, ain't going to throw it otherwise. Just throw screens, slants, and short passes. Well, it's a little more complicated than that, Res Dog. I will tell you that much. And that's really not true because I can show you an example from week one where um, you ran the go ball post. You had Justin Robinson for a touchdown. He had inside leverage. The DB's really in his hip pocket, so you got to put it out in front. But Will just missed him. The ball sailed on him upfield. But he did take a shot at it. So I could go back one week and show you a uh, an example to debunk what you're saying. I think you're just being negative. Uh, unnamed Texter says, Woody Mark's mom also tweeted out that uh, she thought that they were holding stuff back. Okay. I hope so. <laughs> I hope you're that confident. Man, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't have the guts. I would not have the nerve to withhold things I thought would work when I'm sitting here tied with Arizona going to overtime. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have the nerve to hold it back. Andre from Jackson said, Arch Manning transfers to LSU or Clemson. Hmm. Stranger things have happened, hasn't it, Andre? And it looks like Texas has got one that, if, as long as he wants to play, he will be. Paul texts the show, says uh, those Pac-12 officials let Arizona get away with Alabama-esque holding all night. I didn't necessarily feel that way. Now, I may have missed it, Paul, but I thought the officiating crew actually did a pretty good job. More Bully says the Arizona QB is a big old boy. Well, he's not that big. He, he's thick, but he's not that big. Uh, Bo from Florence texts and says, Matt, there were more Arizona fans than I was expecting to see. We sat on the east side was able to talk to several Arizona fans after the game. All of them had flown into either Memphis or Atlanta and driven in. They said it was their first SEC game and it was way different than the Pac-12 games they're used to, including the game atmosphere and tailgating. They all said everyone was very friendly and welcoming. They all had a blast. That's from Bo in Florence. Their coach also had kind comments after the game about the atmosphere. Anthony Tech said, we saw great things from some freshmen in Creed Whittemore. Should we be seeing more of him? Yep. He didn't play very much the other day, did he? Again, they only ran 56 offensive plays, so they didn't have a you know, ton of different packages they could have worked in there anyway. Uh, Beer Slayer texts on the country-pleasing text line and says, Matt, do you think in the way they won the game, by that I mean hanging on and with LSU a 10-point favorite, Zach can use no respect card? Well, you certainly can. I mean, everybody in the world expects, and it just come right out and say it, TV, radio, everywhere else. Just, they all just come out and say, LSU's going to go in there and whip state this week. <laughs> and people seem very confident of that. So, 
Yeah, use it. Use whatever. Uh, Jason in Flagstaff says, with all due respect to the state podcasters who've just shrugged Arizona off as an easy win the last year, and I listen to them too, they couldn't fill a thimble with what they know about Arizona since the 1-11 year. I thought it was a – I mean – I've seen them two years in a row, and and I will say they were actually a little better last year than I thought we would see. And this team this year was different and more physical. They were faster on defense. They were better at receiver. They were pretty good at tight end. They're good at linebacker. They're pretty decent at linebacker. But their defensive front, like those transfers and stuff, it all looked a lot better to me this year, Jason, just athletically and everything else than it did a year ago. So I'm with you. J-Rock says that he was glad to see Coach Arnett after the game say that he was proud that the players played hard and overcame the poor coaching job that he did. <laughs> At least he tells it like it is. That's one thing about Zach now. You, you just about don't have to wonder what he's really thinking. Bama fan Texas Shown says, changing the subject, Yesterday, the Patriots got beat 25-20, to but earlier in the game, they had a chance to kick a field goal, but instead went for it on fourth down. They had kicked it. They could have kicked the game winner at the end. Lesson there, take the points. Bama fan, say it louder for the people in the back, including coaches. You know, I understand analytics. We had a year a couple of years ago where, you know, Coach Kiffin at Ole Miss had a lot of success just constantly going for it on fourth down, but you also – or two years ago, whenever it was, he had Corral and a great offense. A lot of that has to do with you know who your players are, but I don't care what the analytics say. Put points on the board when you can. You don't chase points until you have to at an end of the game when you have known quantities in front of you. When you got unknown and you're, you still got 30 minutes, 35 minutes, 40 minutes left of the ball game, put the points on the board. People are going, oh, okay, well, it's the second quarter – all right, and they're up, what, 16 to nothing. We just scored a touchdown. So even though it's the middle of the second quarter, if we go for two, we can make it 16 to eight, and we're only one possession down. One possession down, you still got 38 minutes of football left. Kick the extra point. Put the point on the board. You'll chase points later in the game if you have to. I 100% agree with you, Bama fan. There's exam- there are more examples. People can say analytics. What you just gave me is analytical. If you had three more points that you could have gotten earlier, you'd only need three now to win. <laughs> That's analytics. I 100% agree with you, Bama fan. Why don't coaches get it? Put points up. Stop chasing them early in the game. Well, the uh, math and the analytics say, let me give you some more. That's dumb. Take that for data. Davey texts the show. Matt, we have to trust our coaches. They know way more than what we think we do. I 100% agree with that, Davey. 100% agree with that. He says beating conference foes is way more important than a Power 5 opponent, but we won anyway. That's it. And he said he wants some money betting his money. There you go. Get back to me next week. You notice people that lose a lot of money gambling never tell you about that. They always just tell you about the one time they won a little bit. Only 35-year-old Ed texted the show and said, I think it's a good thing your dog's got a W this week because my Tiger's going to hand him an L next week. See, that's what I'm talking about. Everybody is so confident 
that LSU is going to thump state this week. Everywhere you look, it doesn't matter who you talk to, and eh, state got no chance. <laughs> We're going to whip their fannies. I okay. I mean, you still got to play. How can you be so confident? <laughs> Maybe you know more about it than I do. Maybe I know too much. Yeah, no too little. State grad 98 says, Coach Zach Arnett just stated that safety Jaco- Jacoby Albert is out for the year. Oh, okay. I hate to see that. Kid transferred in from Kentucky. He was really physical back during the spring. Hate to see that. Brian says Mississippi State should have tried uh, to return the kick before overtime. Brian, say that louder for the people in the back. It's going to be the last play of the half. I don't, with Tulu Griffin a chance to catch the ball in fair territory, I don't care how deep in the end zone it is, catch it and bring it out. What do you have to lose? Are you saying we don't want to risk fumbling the ball? Is that what it is? We just want to get it to overtime? Well, I don't know if I believe in all that. Catch it. I don't care if it's 10 yards deep. If it's Tulu, catch the thing and come on. All he needs is one block, and he's in the other end zone. What? Are, what's a better weapon you have? You don't. <laughs> I am a Monday morning quarterback, y'all. More coming up. Stick around. Do you crave your sports? It's often difficult to satisfy that special hunger. Not here, because you've got Matt Wyatt. Oh, I am starving. Don't worry, he's got a menu full. All right, back with you, I'm Matt. In the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team. Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes, that's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. On the Murray West live thread, that's murraywest.com, M-U-R-R-Y. Check them out. Custom apparel, contract embroidery, great Mississippi company. Been here since 96. They've grown. They are wonderful people. They'll do a great job for you. You need a logo embroidered on anything, apparel. Hats, items, that's where you go. Check them out, murraywest.com. How about that, says, I never watched the Paul Feinbaum show, but it may be worth it today. Quote, the dynasty is dead, Paul. I think it's time for Saban to go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you may hear that. You just might hear it. And they've already given up on Milrow telling you he's a he's a great prospect okay but they've some of them already given up on him right i'll tell you this it ain't like they played well all that well around him either i mean he's getting popped and chased and pass pro was an issue and i you know pass pro was an issue at times the last couple of years for bryce young also i mean milro you go play quarterback at alabama okay it's good and bad right because all those experts sitting inside Bryant-Denny Stadium, all those football experts, and all those ones watching at home, 
all over the great state of Alabama. They've been watching for the last several years Tua, Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones, Heisman winner Bryce Young, and now they're watching you. So I'm telling you, even the most <laughs> casual fan has seen some good quarterback play over there, brother, for the last several years, going way back. They, they've seen some. <laughs> and if they ain't seen it in you, you are out. Uh, patience? What? Tell them like I told my dad when I was about three years old. I am patient now. <laughs> All right. Let me hit a few other comments here, then we're going to do some scores real quick, just to see, just to get a good sort of a, a, a refresher course on who did what this weekend. Uh, Brad said, yes, but how many receiving yards did Judkins have and how many touchdowns did he have? He had one rushing touchdown. He had about 40 receiving yards, so maybe like 80 yards from scrimmage, something like that, and one rushing touchdown. But I think it was 48 rushing yards. I was just surprised. I expected him to block a little better than that, to be honest with you. Somebody texted and said on Mississippi State, I was disappointed that we got five turnovers and got 21 points off of it. Denzel with maybe the most important text we've gotten all day on the country pleasing text line. He says, Matt, I can confirm the honey pimento cheese sandwich from Chick-fil-A is hands down the best thing ever. I added pepper jack cheese to mine. Ten out of ten. <laughs> a boy. Thanks for sending that along. And Kenny Don't Call Me Ken says, I was surrounded in the gridiron club Saturday with football experts. Hard to believe they weren't coaching somewhere at the moment. <laughs> That's right. <clears throat> Next time somebody goes, why would they call that play? Say this, what did they call? All you got to do is ask really simple questions, Kenny. I'm si Hey, look, Kenny. I'm being serious. You're not starting a confrontation. But when somebody makes a statement that it that sort of, I don't know, maybe with the wrong, from the wrong angle, with the wrong approach, <laughs> at a game or elsewhere, somebody makes a statement that sort of insinuates there must be a wealth of knowledge behind it. Just ask them real simple questions. The play calling was awful. What play? No, all of it. Okay, give me an example. What'd they call? Well, I mean, no, no, I mean specifically, what was the play? Ask them to draw you up that GT counter. No, I'll tell you what, don't even ask that. Say, that was GT counter. What does GT stand for? <laughs> and if they don't say to you, guard and tackle, then just, you know, water off a duck's back. All right, more of your text coming up. First, here they go. Georgia beat Ball State 45-3. Didn't score until the second quarter. It was scoreless in Athens after a quarter. Now, Georgia did score 31 in the second quarter alone. In fact, they scored all their points in the second and third quarter, 45 of them. They scored 45 points in 30 minutes of game action. Okay, that's 1.05 points 
per minute. <laughs> Check that. Um, of course, it was Texas by 10 over Alabama. Uh, Ewers, three touchdown passes, 350. I thought he was really good, right? Everybody else did too. Tennessee struggled in the first half against Austin P, but they won 30-13. to LSU put up 72 points on Grambling. Daniels, the quarterback for LSU, threw five touchdowns. I don't know what he ran for. The running back had 115 on the ground. Neighbors had 87 in the air and a TD. Uh, Ole Miss beat Tulane by 17. We saw that. And, you know, I'm telling you, I thought Dart was good in the plays. And I was like, every time I watch him, I see a few plays, and he plays good. It looks like to me. And got the win. I know Tulane was out without their starter. But uh, Ole Miss just looked like a better team. They really did. Uh, Kentucky kind of struggled, didn't they? Struggled with Eastern Kentucky and had to win it in the second half. Game was tied at halftime. Arkansas ran away from Kent State, just kind of slowly pulled away. A little lethargic for Arkansas, but they had a touchdown in each quarter of the ball game. Went it 28-6. to Missouri kind of struggled with Middle Tennessee. I don't know if you all saw that. You know, Middle Tennessee gets run out of the gym in Tuscaloosa the week before. They go to Missouri this week. And Missouri was up 10 to 7 at halftime and got outscored. Did they? Did they? No, they didn't. They got out. It was a draw in the second half. Missouri scored 13 points in the second half. Middle Tennessee scored 12. Final score 23 to 19, and the Missouri defense had to hold on right at the end, or Middle Tennessee was going to beat them. Florida mopped up McNeese 49 to 7. We got the state game 31 24. Uh, South Carolina, they won, but they gave up 21 points to Furman. Now, that's a an in-state school, 47-21, so they get a 28-point win. Yeah, Auburn kind of played an ugly game late, late, late. Like, I was listening to that one going home at like 1 in the morning uh, from Starkville. But they beat Cal 14-zip. Um, Vandy got whipped by Wake Forest. What about Miami? Beating Texas A&M 48-33. I mean, with A&M, it's always something, isn't it? It's just, there's a, it's always something. What is it with A&M? Why can't they just do what they're supposed to do? Beat somebody. <laughs> Congrats to Jackson State. They had a really nice win on the road in Baton Rouge against Southern. JSU improves to 2-1 and one on the year. 27-14 win. Uh, over Southern there. Mulligan, the running back, had 100 yards and a rushing touchdown in the ball game. So, good for him. That was good to see. Good to see. Now, Sven is summing it up here on the Murray West live thread. This one on YouTube. A&M is a dead program. As long as Jimbo runs around there. <laughs> as long as Jimbo is there, they are a dead program. <laughs> That's great. Tell us how you really feel. All right, and back over to the country, please, and text line. Somebody said they might not have been holding stuff back at State, but what if the whole playbook not available? He says thinks he was playing it safe. It did appear to be playing a little bit safe. But, you know, nobody's holding really anything back in an overtime game. Um, Fletcher texts the show, says he's been watching State since 1980. Never faced a quarterback that scared him every time he took off like that Arizona quarterback, great legs. 
Well, but what about, now you say ever, since 1980, what about Manziel? What about, Man- what about Jalen Hurts? I'm just asking. I'm not saying. I'm just asking. <laughs> um, J-Rock says, if we take the three points on the first drive, we'd not have to go to overtime against Arizona. That's true. Trip Texan says, ask Auburn about running back a field goal at the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, you know, I know there's a risk of fumbling in a tie game if you bring one out of the end zone. But if they catch you late coming out of the end zone, even if they tackle you at the eight-yard line, so what? You're going to take a knee anyway with just a few seconds left. And all I need, if it's me, all I need is one second on the clock and and get the ball in two loose hands. And I don't, I almost don't care what situation it is. I like my chances. I like the odds. But, hey, that's just me. And I'm not coaching for a reason. <laughs> Probably stuff like that. All right, some time to wrap it up next. What do you think about the opening weekend of the NFL so far? Thoughts on that coming up. We'll wrap things up here in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stay with me. <laughs> 